I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hey, everyone. Jeremy here. Brian here. From Sick Boy Podcast of the E1 Podcast Network. And uh, we got a couple dates for you, important dates, upcoming shows. The first one, guess what? Tonight at the Stubborn Goat in Halifax, Nova Scotia. That live show is sold out. Oh, no, but what if you didn't get tickets? Well, you can head on over to sickboypodcast.com slash live and purchase the the uh, the live stream. We're going to actually be streaming it out to to people so they can watch it in the comfort of their own living room. That's pretty neat. If it's five bucks to tune in, and if you're a patron, uh, one of our Patreon subscribers, you get it for free. Where are we at on Thursday, though? Thursday, March 1st, we're at the Ted Rogers Cinema. We're going to be screening the Sick Boy Podcast documentary. Uh, and after that show, after that screening, we're going to be doing a Q&A. Uh, me, uh Brian Taylor and the Andrew director, the camera guy Andrew the camera guy and after that we're actually just going to go out and see uh, our pal Rich O'Coin party the night away so join us for that there's still tickets left uh, a couple days after that March 4th it's a Sunday we're going to be doing a live recording in Toronto at the Smiling Buddha it's going to be a good time we got a pretty sweet guest lined up she's kind of a big deal so we'd love to see you there oh but what if, what about that is that sold out uh, oh shit Sold out. Shit. Oh, no. But you know what isn't sold out? What's that? The show next Tuesday. I believe that's March 6th in Ottawa at Algonquin College. There's still tickets left for that. So if you're in the Ottawa area, make sure you look into that. And and, and we'll see you guys at that show on, on March 6th. Yeah. And then March 7th, actually, if you're, if you're a daytime television type person, March 7th, uh, I'm going to appear on The Social. That'll be interesting. <laughs> I thought that was the one with Whoopi Goldberg. But no, that's that, the that's, view. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? The social is still great. It's still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. It, it'll be interesting to see what kind of questions they ask. But And where are we on March 10th? Dude, March 10th, big deal. We're heading down to South by Southwest. It's going to be an amazing uh, experience for us. And if you're going to be there, it's going to be an even more amazing experience for you. So uh, come on down to the South by Southwest uh, Festival. It's it's kind of a, a big deal, and we are we're kind of elated and and uh, surprised that we're even taking part in this. Super flattering, yeah, really really neat. Uh, and then the next date is a little bit far off right now. It's not until April 9th. We're going to be doing another live show here at Good Robot Brewery. Uh, we're really excited about that. We're going to be uh, releasing our new beer that we brewed with them mm-hmm. and and supporting a local charity. But stay tuned for for some more info on that. If you want to get more info on all of the shows and dates coming up, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash shows and all the ticket info is there. Uh, If you want to RSVP for the the Good Robot show on April 9th so that you're notified when tickets come on sale, Mm -hmm. then definitely do that. Because that shit's going to sell out real quick. Sweet. Uh, We love each and every one of you. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We get heavy into the death talk 
And uh, our and, guest Roxanne was cool AF. And also, again, don't forget to check out that live broadcast of tonight's live show if you're checking this out oh, on yeah. Monday. Just go get it. The 26th of February. Sickboypodcast.com. We love you guys. We love, love you. you. See you on the other side. Hope you enjoy it. Mwah. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Roxanne. She's an independent funeral celebrant. Get ready for a deep dive into some death. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I am uh, E-X-C-I-T-E-D. No. Don't want to say it out loud so if in case Bigby hears me through the door. Because that's the new word. Excited? <laughs> excited. He gets really excited when you say excited. No, but no, no. But I do, I'll say words at him. And because uh, it's the cutest thing in the world. There's only two words he knows. It's adorbies. It's pretty adorbies. There's only two words he knows. It's uh, it's walk and and hungry. Actually, he knows hungry and food. But you say any of those and he'll lose his shit. And he'll get like really, he'll get super excited to the point where it's like, it's a bit annoying. And it's like, you need to calm down. Is that the black dog? No, that's my, that's, oh, uh, that, that's my girlfriend's dog. Oh, okay. uh, the, the big uh, red dog is, yes. is mine. Uh, but you if you him sit, red? yeah, he's like a, like brindle red. He's a, he's a red dog. He's like brown. He's like Clifford pretty much. Yeah. Just a big. <laughs> that's right. I usually describe dog. him as like, I'm like, hey, he's like a giant dog. Like, yeah. Giant red dog, like Clifford. Um, but I'll say words to him, like excited, and I'll put like a like a like an inflection on the end, and he'll turn his head, mm-hmm. like he's trying to he's trying to go. Was that? Hung- Did he say hungry? <laughs> was hungry within that? Maybe it was food. Maybe, Maybe he said food. food. Yeah, Loki's and, been doing that a lot. And then as soon as you say the word. <clears throat> He loses his mind. But um, I am really excited about today's episode because we're talking with Roxanne. Roxanne, is it Wa- Roxanne Walsh? Yes. Perfect. Because your, your website is roxannewalsh.ca. <laughs> a lot. I bet. Um, <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> I'll probably say it like a thousand more times. Every time I refer to you, I'm like, so Roxanne, uh, let me ask you. Uh, but Roxanne, you just handed it before you, we we just literally just started recording. But before we did, you handed out these uh, these little cards to us. One has a book on there. I'm sure we'll get to that. But this one's interesting. It says free consultation. End of life planning is an act of love for yourself and others. I, I'm a, I'm is it safe to assume that you're not currently sick? Or may, maybe you are. Maybe you are, and I'm just putting that on you. But we're not here to talk about your sickness, I don't think, if you are sick. <laughs> we're here to talk about your work, which mm-hmm. is, what are, you, what are you? What's your title? I am an author and a certified funeral celebrant and an end-of-life planner. Funeral celebrant. So you're just, like, at the funerals, throwing up the, like, the the rock and roll horns. You're like, woo! This is it. <laughs> Try, trying to get the party started. Yeah, yeah, you, you basically hire. Well, it depends on whose party I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. So we you we would hire you to come in and like you know really make some noise. You're like the hype person for the crowd. Yeah, you're, you're like funeral. you're like the Canadian version of uh, professional whalers. Are you familiar with that? With whalers? Yes. That, mm-hmm. That's a crazy thing. What is yeah. a, what is a professional whaler do? I oh like, I oh, whale, like a whaling wow. like crying yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know which culture it is. Uh, I believe it's I, I'll butcher. I, I think it's like Spanish or or. But some cultures hire people to show up. They might they might not even know the person who died, but they show up and they ball their eyes out. Whoa, really? Over the top wailing. That is interesting. To to like I, I don't know what like amp up the grieving process. Yeah, it is to assist the family uh, in the grieving process. And particularly in Western cultures, uh, we're kind of death denying. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, don't really encourage people to go through the grieving process. So um, because, you know, we we have this idea about negative emotions and that's kind of in the negative scale. Yeah, bury it down, stuff it down. Don't let your, don't don't cry in front of people. Also, you're not strong if you cry. So definitely don't cry. I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah. (laughs) But aside from that, (laughs) yeah. uh, what 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 is a funeral celebrant? What does that mean? Well, uh, I specialize in helping families co-create an event for uh, the person who's died uh, that authentically honors their life. And Uh. it's a secular service that I specialize in. So unless somebody specifically wants um, a religious element in it, uh, that's not normally something that I would um, uh, work with. Is that Uh, because you are not... um, uh, religious yourself or is or is that it's just not the to provide like a neutral right bike stand or well um i was once religious in my life and i still consider myself to be spiritual and uh but but it's not about me it's about the families that i serve and um i've looked at the statistics and I'm not so great with numbers, but it seemed to me that there was quite a trend towards people feeling, you know, maybe not so connected with religion anymore Mm -hmm. and um, and not connected so much either with either with what churches offer for funerals, um, because often it's about the religion and not the person. Yeah. And then uh, funeral Uh, homes, too. um, People not really being into what the funeral homes necessarily offer. I, I totally feel that way when, you know, and, and if somebody's religious to me, <coughs> I, I generally don't mind it unless they're trying to shove it down your throat. Um, but I always find that when I go to funerals in churches, I feel like there's this almost like underlying message that whoever is running the sermon is trying to like preach to the people who don't go to church already. It's like, okay, we've got this audience that's here that is, Generally, not all of them go to church, so let's try to recruit them a little bit. Yeah. And, I, and I feel yeah. this like subtle sense of recruitment. You know why I, I think you feel that? And, because and, cause I'm with you. Yeah. I also have felt that. But I, in in reflection upon that, I, I think it's less about recruitment, and it's actually just more of what really goes on there when we're not there. So <laughs> yeah. then when we, when we show yeah. up, we feel like, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Don't try I didn't to, sign don't, up for this. Yeah, don't, don't, try feel, to, yeah. don't try to pull me. In. I feel like that's more like what's happening. I think at that's all, what at is. all services. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know because you're in a church. So, so the thing that and and going to some of those services, I've <laughs> I I continued to like leave those feeling like I don't want this. I don't want this. And but I feel like the natural. Like you don't want that. I don't for want you I, when you for die. me. For me, I don't. When I die, yeah. I don't want to have a religious service. But I feel like people aren't very clear on what their options are. Like I, it's almost seems like a religious service is what you have to mm-hmm. go for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know how you would well, go it's about planning like, otherwise. You know, it's kind of like uh, voting the way your grandfather or your, or your dad did because that's just what they did, yeah. mm-hmm. right? That's what you know and that's what you've seen. So that's what you think that's all there is. So what happens when so you I'm die? I'm about then? options. When, when, you, when you die... No one knows, does, Yeah, well, we, we don't know yet. <laughs> well, it's still a grand that's mystery. That's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean religious or spiritually, but... But, but before, like, before we ask that, I'm curious because you also mentioned that so people, some people who aren't religious don't dig what the church offers, but you also said some people aren't into what the funeral homes offer. And I'm curious what that is because, and this is kind of piggybacking on where you were going. I also, I just assume that you have to go through a funeral home when you die. And- I did too. Well, yeah. I'm on a mission to let people in Nova Scotia and everywhere know, uh, in most jurisdictions across Canada, it is legal for families to act as their own funeral director. It's legal for families to transport the body. And embalming what? is not a legal requirement. So that whether you decide to use a funeral home or not doesn't matter. It just opens up more options for people about how they mm. do okay. death. But how is that currently communicated? So, I, Because I'm really curious about the process of, of when you die you obviously, I don't know, call the, the hospital finds out or whatever emergency service responds to the death or whether it's in a hospital or whatever. The death happens, but then is somebody telling you like, <laughs> right. okay, here's the process. Here's right. the start yeah. of the process. Yeah. Like, right, you die. Yeah. And, and let's say you didn't have any family. You didn't have Chelsea. You just had me and Tay. Yeah. You go, you die tonight. Tonight's the last night. Who's telling us? What who, we need but yeah, to who do calls us? Yeah, you. because you two idiots don't know what to do with, <laughs> yeah, with my fucking know. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do if Bri died and we were the ones responsible. Well, here's the thing. No one calls is, you. Is this an expected death or an unexpected mm. death? Let's, Let's call say, it an unexpected death. Okay. I hope it's unexpected. Yeah, Bri, 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 you're going to die tonight from a, from a rare heart condition. Your heart just stops. Dude, imagine this happens. It will be very, very crazy and great for the podcast. And did he know that he had a heart no, condition? No, just came out of nowhere. Okay, yeah. well, in that case, um, <clears throat> the uh, authorities are going to need to be called because the coroner is going to want to be involved in the case, right. and they're going to want to figure it out. Want to figure it out? Foul play, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> right now, where was Taylor and I? Twenty minutes before this happened, this and is the and most. Do we have an alibi? <laughs> this is the most so enlightening the thing I've ever. Like, uh, you're you're about to shine a light on the darkest place of my life. Like, okay. what happens? Right on. <laughs> okay, but so so the coroner t- they take but care you of have, it. And they so in that out. case, somebody has to dial nine one one, and sure, then when when nine one one gets called, then a whole bunch of activity starts to happen in your house. So let's let's say that let, for like for for yeah exp- expedience <laughs> sake let's say the coroner figured it out they go all right here's the cause of death everybody everybody don't worry it, it, like no one no one's fault here it just happened he just had a heart attack and he's now dead what where where what happens then like where like do they go um, Jeremy Taylor you got to come retrieve the body or do they say Jeremy Taylor we are sending the body to a funeral home. Yeah, like a funeral home or or Well, typically 
most people do end up at a funeral home because people don't plan in advance and don't know what their rights are, or what their options are. And that's why I've written Planning for a Good Death, mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. ebooks, a workbook and user's guide. And it's all about planning in advance. I mean, the reality is, is we're all going to die. Yeah, you've got a very good market for it's that. It's 100% yeah. guarantee, yeah. right? Yeah. And so why aren't we planning? Like we put more effort into planning for a wedding and Christmas dinner than we do for death. Yeah, it's wild. It's like the ultimate procrastination. But it's, yeah. but, it's, but it's obvious why though too, because it's it's sad to think about, and, and you know, on a you're enjoying a nice sunny day. It's not like hey. This is a great time to, you know, plan my death. Like it's, I yeah. disagree, though. But that's one layer deeper, though. It's not. This is my opinion. <laughs> this is this is what I believe to be the cause of why most people right. don't do it, yeah. right? Because yeah, it's yeah. a a dark thing to think about. Well, Which, there there's a few reasons, actually. One of them is that uh, with the funeral industry and the way that they present bodies in visitations to make the body look like they're sleeping and um, and how efficient they are in being able to look after the body. And I have a huge respect for the work that they did uh, do. I've had an opportunity to be able to um, observe for a week and um, it's, it's quite impressive. Um, but it's kind of sanitized death in a way mm. and we've kind of lost touch with it in our uh, oh. urban kind of culture. You know, if we were still on a farm, we'd have an idea about death a lot more than we do in the city. So when you mention like that, that it's not a legal requirement to embalm, are, are you, is there some type of advocation on your part that, you know, like don't embalm if you don't want to. And what would be the, what would be the, what would be the, the, the upside to not embalming versus embalming or what are the pros and cons in that? Well, I'd like to come back to that um, in a moment if I could. And so go back to what we were talking about, why people are, you know, are doing, are afraid. afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, The other part is if you listen to the language we use in our culture about, uh, oh, they lost their battle with cancer Mm. as though it's a failure almost that somebody uh-huh. died right. and the the reality is is that we're all going to die and we're all doing the best we can and so to kind of put that out there or right. or well, that means we're just all going to fail <laughs> i mean if you want to look at it that way sure but like we're, we're all failing then we're all we're all failing to it, it's going to happen so why not look at it from a completely different way? Uh, Jerry, I think like, the point was but to why not guilt use that them out about I know, it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> why guilt them out about yeah, it? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and the medical industry will in in some cases go to great lengths to do heroic efforts when somebody's in the active phase of dying when mm. really what they need to be doing is just dying because mm. It takes a lot of energy to do that and it's it's quite a process and journey and um, you know. So, 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 but yeah. sorry, Taylor, I was just going to say, so Taylor was a- asking about the alternative or upside of mm. embalming versus not embalming. Mm. Well, first of all, I want to clarify, I, I uh, don't tend to, you know, be preachy or advocate anything in particular. <laughs> but one of the things that uh, a lot of people may not understand is that embalming fluid is a carcinogen. Yeah. I feel like once you embalm, like you're, if you ever had, if you had any, notions of like, like you're getting not your body to sign. After that? Oh no. I, yeah, yeah. I, you're definitely dead if you're getting embalmed. <laughs> no, but like if you want to donate your body to science, it's like once that embalming process happens, you're basically Oh really? Uh, you're done for? Oh yeah. Oh there's no there's, I mean that's I, like a I would, that, guess. That, what what is it? 
What what do they do? From a bunch of formaldehyde? Well, it's it it's a liquid transfer actually. They um, you know, get into uh the blood system mm-hmm. and uh replace your... replace the blood with this embalming fluid. Yeah. And is it pink? I saw it in a movie once. It was yeah. Pink. Have you seen Six Feet like Under? Green. Yeah. 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 I've I love never that. watched yeah, Six Feet Under. It's kind of pretty amazing. accurate, actually. It's an amazing show. Yeah, I was yeah. just slightly too young when it was in its prime, when it was like really going. It, it's, uh, it, it, man, you'll ball your eyes out. The last, like the last, oh, man. I've heard good things. <sighs> Such a good show. <laughs> uh, but yes, I've, and I've also seen it in another movie. But do, is it true that they, do they like have one pump on one side and pump on the other and like as one's emptying the other one's filling? Well, it it really depends because, oh, okay. you know, there's there's so many different factors, right? It, did the body come back from the coroner's office or right. is this, you know, yeah. So, um or, you know, what con- condition is the body in? Mm-hmm. So, uh but they also use other um chemicals within the funeral industry as well and that are also carcinogenic. And um so the alternative is to not embalm or to I mean, you know, in the olden days before the funeral industry, uh, you know, people were laid out in the living room and uh, kept in a cool room. And 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 now it's possible to keep a body cool with ice packs and that kind of thing. Mm. If you want to have a home kind of a visitation. Well, that's and, legit. You could do that. Oh, yeah. Home you funerals could do that are legitimate. And just be like, let's put pop. Pop, pop, pop on the couch. Yes, and I'm amazed how many people tell me about, oh, yeah, Irish wake. They're so excited about it. And I'm like, yeah, I have. I, I need to go to one. But I realize what I'm saying when I say that because right. that means somebody has to die for me to attend. Yeah. But, right. yeah. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean to make my, my <laughs> so, way to one of those. Is the reason why people would generally choose embalming because they think that, oh, like we want to have an open casket for this person so that pe- people can come see them one last time. Is that like the, is that the general idea behind embalming or why someone would choose embalming? Well, you know, it started actually with the civil war when they wanted to bring the war dead home and uh, Abraham Lincoln was embalmed so he could be, you know, transported around the country to the circle Cup. last goodbye. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, kind <right>. of thing. <laughs> um, and nowadays, uh, yeah, people are sometimes upsold, to include that in, uh, you know, the whatever's going on with the plans with the funeral home. Um, for some, though, if there's a loved one that needs to come from, you know, Tokyo uh, and they can't get here within, uh, you know, 24 to 48 or 72 hours, then that's the option that they have mm-hmm. to take. Okay. But but they could also have the option of, you know, cooling the body and putting it into a refrigerated unit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just all depends you, on the condition of the body at the time of death and why the body, you know, right. why the person died and that kind of thing. Okay. And so, if you're fortunate enough to own like a, like a restaurant, you have like a big freezer there or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> kind of I think store that's totally with then. health code. Well, yeah. uh, and, no dogs, and but if, dead bodies. Yeah, sure. yeah. And a funeral home is going to have those refrigeration units as well. Um, so, so that's part of it. The visitation, um, the, you know, more profit and, um, and it's not always necessary to do. 
So have you guys? And ever it's s- also for religious re- reasons too. In some cases, oh, okay, because there's some um, some uh, religious idea around you know the second coming of Christ and you know the 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 dead to rise up. Ah, okay. You've heard this before, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Familiar, familiar. Right, and so the more intact your body is, I guess, the more that makes sense right. within that context. So, what if you're going to be cremated? Then it, do they still? embalm is that necessary well um again in the context that i already said possibly a visitation because somebody's coming from away and 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 they're not comfortable with seeing what death really looks like um or they you know it's for profit for why somebody would be embalmed um and yes some people are cremated uh you know, after they've been embalmed okay. and, so and both, both, both are very, if, if you want to talk environmentally, both are very harmful very to the environment. Right. right. Especially um, with the, the, the number of, of people who are dying. Right. Yeah. And we haven't even seen the baby boomers really kick yeah, off in right. big numbers yet. So the just, silver tsunami is coming. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> silver tsunami. Oh, well, yeah. That's the way I put it. <laughs> just, have you ever seen an embalmed body? Uh, I don't know. I don't really? really know the difference. I've seen dead bodies in in funerals in like open casket. I don't know how long after. It I think was. Mo- I think more likely than not, you've yeah, probably. probably yeah. I've only seen a bomb. And and what when you said something that really kind of intrigued me. What does death really look like? Yeah, because I'm because I'm curious to know. I what, what a non embalmed dead body would look like. I've only seen embalmed same. I think same I, I am almost guaranteed. I, I mean they look like they're sleeping and they look but there's also this always sort of after. like this sort of fakeness to it oh very much so and I think that's the that's what the embalming process does is it almost makes them look like a wax figure exactly and so yeah. there's a lot of makeup involved sure usually sure and, sure yeah but there but there is this like I don't know this wax type because when when I, I've seen a couple now and you can tell that they've the you know the artist whoever was was doing the work has made them go okay well I'm going to give them this like little peaceful smile yeah which I'm sure does not exist in a body that hasn't been embalmed like it, or or does it, does it? I don't yeah know. I, don't know. <laughs> I remember seeing my grandmother and thinking Jesus. She was 91 when she died, and she looks like she's 65. Yeah, right. I was like, yeah. man, why did she? Yeah, same, but, but some with Bridie's grandfather, but, he looked way younger than than when he died. Yeah. I've, I've heard I've heard people um, <coughs> be shocked or disappointed at how a dead body looks too, because they're like, oh my god, this doesn't look. It's not like the way my that you, relative or my right. loved one. They right? didn't part their hair that way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the wrong color eyeshadow. Yeah, he never he never wore lipstick. Yeah. The, 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 one time I did see a, did a dead he? body before any embalming took place was uh, my grandfather when he passed away. But he was like he had passed away in the hospital, and my mom called me because she was there, and and we went over, and he was dead for like an hour, or an hour and a half before uh, or after we saw him. So, like again, you probably look pretty good, I guess, relatively a, an hour and a half later, rather than you would a couple days later if, if nothing was done to you? Well, right. If, um, I mean, decomposition begins immediately when somebody's died. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and if you don't cool down the core of the body, um, that, you know, all kinds of things can happen like, um, gas and bloating and whatever. So you, that's why you really want to keep a control on that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you could either work with a funeral director 
to have a home funeral or not, because um, there's no legal requirement to use them. In fact, um, what's interesting about Nova Scotia, and, and, and I think Nova Scotia should be proud of this because Alberta is looking at the model. Emergency Health Services is equipped to uh, administer palliative care uh, in the home. And so with the number of uh, or the, the number of beds that aren't available and there's a silver, silver tsunami coming, it just mm-hmm. seems logical to have a home funeral after somebody's Ooh. died at home, mm-hmm. as long as the supports are there and, and that everybody's planned ahead because planning for a good death means you got to sit down and make the plan so Ooh. that everybody's supported for whatever they want. And 90% of people want to die at home. So um, uh, the emergency health services is equipped to come out and, and assist with uh, assist families in um, going through that process and um, to administer uh, drugs if they need to. And um, I think it's just a beautiful opportunity for people to um, have an intimate connection with death instead of having the body rushed away and, you know, feeling kind of lost in the, you know, all the activity. Yeah. Yeah, That goes on. Let's do, let's do uh, two hypotheticals then. So let's continue with the first one, which is I have a sudden cardiac arrest and they obviously have to take me, they have to take me to the hospital to, you know, try to resuscitate me or whatever, assuming I don't have a plan. Right. So when I get to the hospital and I'm pronounced dead, um, and Jeremy and Taylor are my, uh, you know, the people in charge. Mommy and daddy. We're your mommy yeah. and daddy. So then what do they, what are they presented with as far as options go? Or what does that look like if I don't have a plan in place? Well, uh, the next stop will be the coroner's office to find out why you died and make sure that there was no foul play, right? But right. if if your mom and dad... Which we're not sure of. <laughs> ...want to come and get you from the coroner's office... That is totally possible um, for them to bring you back home and have a home funeral if 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 they if that's what you guys want to do. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, uh, if there's a cemetery that you have an arrangement with directly, that's willing to work directly with the family, it's quite possible to not involve a funeral home at all. Are you are few are are uh, cemeteries generally specifically linked to one or several very particular funeral homes? There are some that are corporate run, yes, by mm. the funeral homes. There's also some run by municipalities and some run by uh, religious organizations. Okay, sure. Right, of course. Right? Yeah, like- and um, I understand too. Uh, have you guys heard of Green Burial? No. no. Ah, well, green burial is actually kind of a cool thing. And uh, I think the people that are concerned about the environment or wanting to leave their body as a legacy for uh, trees. Oh, be yeah. planted as like a tree afterwards. Yeah. Or... Well, not as a tree. Uh, I mean, there's there's various things. I mean, there's products that are now being made to solve a solution that doesn't really need to have a solution for it. But green burial simply is that um, you're either bar- buried in a simple wooden box, maybe repurposed wood, uh, and yeah, this is cute, cute. and or in uh, in a shroud that's made out of you know linen or you know some other uh, like a mummy kind and of. Is that well? 
it's it's kind of like a bag that you know you're kind of wrapped up in and it's got handles on it so that people can lower yeah. you into the ground Less but fashionable than a mummy, what's cool about green burial is that um instead of being buried at a six foot depth which is tip- typically depending on the soil conditions an anaerobic environment um you're buried at a three or four foot depth where the microbes can get at you and um yeah so i was actually you can do this at a at a at a at a at a cemetery well actually you know i was i was speaking you guys might know bill mott here in halifax i'm not familiar oh well anyway he's been a great big personality i guess Uh, i learned about him anyway he started the first flea market in halifax or dartmouth many years ago sold things at first okay well that's his claim to fame and uh he's quite the entrepreneur i've sat down with him a few times and he told (laughs) me that in his he owns a cemetery out in lower sackville and uh he told me that he has a green burial section now i don't i didn't get into it with him about how deep it was uh um, but uh, he he said he had a plot there for Elizabeth May and offered that to her. So oh wow, Can for green burial, so I'm like, sure she would do a green burial. What do you do sure. for a living? I own a cemetery. Yeah, <laughs> I sling. What do you do? I, I sling pl- grave plots. Yeah, <laughs> burying uh, bodies. So I had this. Well, conversation. it's not too different from what I'm doing, <laughs> no, is it? Now, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I had this conversation with my mom a couple of days ago, actually, um, in light of you coming to speak with us, and and um, I was saying like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to be cremated because I want, um, I, because I'm not a religious person, but I I am, I would identify as a spiritual person. And there's something to me about just having your body burned in comparison to like putting it in the earth and allowing, you know, the energy to be a little bit more kind of spiritual, I guess, uh, allowing the energy to be consumed by other organisms and, and just being de- decomposed that way. Um, but I didn't know that that was an option. And and I feel like if I died, you know, a week ago, I would have just been cremated because I'd never had that conversation before. I actually thought that you are, you were, and I don't know where I heard this. And I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because I always thought it was complete bullshit that I, I had been under the understanding that, you had to have a certain like standard of of coffin like you couldn't just have a simple wooden box like it had to be this fucking cushion. I thought so too I like, thought that as well I thought yeah. that there yeah. was some like crazy uh law in place that was like yeah. you got to got you got to get a uh Coffin from the coffin shop. Coffin shop. from the coffin guy. Yeah. Well, y- you have to realize that um, these are businesses that are, uh, mm. you know, in the funeral industry. We have uh, SCI out of Texas who runs Dignity uh, Funeral Homes in Canada. Uh, and then we also have a Canadian conglomerate uh, called Arbor Memorial, and they are operating out of uh, Toronto. And then we have some, not very many anymore here in HRM, but we do have some mom and pop shops right. that are still uh, doing that. But in any case, when you go to a funeral home to make an arrangement, you're going to be sitting with a salesperson. And that salesperson is, you know, like, yeah, they sell. have a skill. Yeah. Um, and they're like you and me, you know, they're trying to put food on the table right. and feed their family and all of that stuff, right? And and they work for a corporation, so they have to follow those rules. Right. But yes, they are very skilled salespeople. And one of the things that happens physiologically <laughs> when somebody dies uh, is that 
are, are we we kind of lose touch with the frontal cortex of our brain right. so we're not so thinking so clearly logically mm-hmm. and we we kind of come back into the limbic system which is more emotional and um so it's hard for us to make really good decisions when we're kind of in this wow, floaty space it's funny you Ooh. say that because um <clears throat> excuse me you and i were talking before we we sat down to record and i was telling you that uh my my cat uh, died a few years ago and my mom got the call when she was in the airport our our exchange students found the cat and they were like what should we do and my mom would usually just you know do the cheapest way to to either put the cat in the shoebox in the backyard i don't know if you can do that but instead she was emotionally um <laughs> flustered by this call and she was like i don't know just get him the box the nice box that you can get from the vet so like we have this like wooden box with this little placard on the front of it that's like Oliver died, you know, like the age that he lived. And it's just like this unnecessary. It cost you fourteen thousand three hundred and twenty-two dollars. <laughs> you know, it was it was like wow. a couple hundred bucks, but and you know, for some people, that's a great uh, m- memoriam. Is that the right word to to have of their pet? Um, but for other people, it's like you know, memento memento uh but it's it's almost like is was that an unnecessary expense would she have made that decision if she you know was actually of a clear mindset well that's a really good point to what jeremy said making the joke about the absurd price of that cat box although he might not be wrong um (laughs) what is let's say we and we've learned a shitload about like different things that you can do when you when you die, which I had never had a clue about. Oh, uh, we're just getting I've, going. Oh, I've got a couple, I've got <laughs> yeah. a couple more. Yeah. I got a couple and more. So what is what would be because I've I, I feel like I've heard kind of like horror stories about mm. about costs. I was mm-hmm. totally wondering this. Yeah, and what is? Let's say somebody doesn't know and they just think they think that you know it has to go to the funeral home. There has to be an embalming. There's got to be the coffin that you buy from wherever you buy it from. I'm assuming from the funeral home. Um, and like, and then whatever else goes along with this person that's just kind of being guided by the wrist to through all these these processes as as they deal with someone one of their loved ones who died. What is what is the like average cost to yeah. that? Because I've heard crazy numbers. Yeah, and so have I, you know, and it's really going to depend on all kinds of factors and especially on, you know, I've heard of caskets being like $30,000, $40,000, right? And that's not even including the service. Wow. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily here the case, but I've heard right. that, right? And Do those um, caskets revive you at a certain point in the future <laughs> yeah, when it's possible? Yeah. Well, it depends on if you got cremated in it or not. <laughs> right, but, sure. But, you right. know, from an environmental perspective, uh, um, you know, we're a lot of those are uh, hardwoods, you mm-hmm. know, that are forced, uh, you know, um, cut down from trees somewhere else mm-hmm. and varnished or, or maybe have glue in them mm-hmm. to keep them together. Dazzled. Uh, the, the metal yeah. that, that, you know, for the hand railings and then the, you know, the material that's inside, which may or may not be organic. Um, and all of these things don't really break down. And, 
And the thing that uh, I find really fascinating, really, and and it's and I think about this because of my past in Alberta, um, is that uh, what does this stuff do and the embalming fluid or anything else that's packed into the body from the funeral industry, what's it doing to the groundwater? Because yeah. we're starting to get here. Like I just read a story a couple of weeks about, go about the, or three weeks ago about uh, fish being on psychiatric drugs. And I've known that they've been on estrogen for a long time and changing their sex. And, you know, municipalities do not have the uh, infrastructure in place uh, to be able to filter out pharmaceuticals out of our drinking water. Mm. And what I find really interesting, too, about cemeteries is that they seem to be in a legislation of its own around cemeteries. But if we were looking at a toxic landfill, there would be regulations around putting in a right. liner and doing groundwater testing yeah. and all that kind well, of thing. I work right? in uh, real estate and, and one of the... <laughs> The, the horror stories that I've heard about is is like oil spills when people are refilling oil tanks. If there's any leaks or or any drop, I think it's like one part per million in the ground, then they have to like dig up the entire ground and then wash the bedrock and it can be like Holy a couple shit. hundred thousand dollars. Yet, you know, if you were to measure the same values of, of like that embalming fluid, for example, in the ground at a cemetery, I'm sure that would be... Well, man, I'm thinking know, about the cemetery, the like, in in Sackville, where, where I grew up, uh, right off the, like, the highway, right when you hit the old Sackville Road, mm-hmm. is a bi- that is a big cemetery. It's real large. And I'm just thinking about, like... Does that tell you rest in peace? That, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, well, that cemetery tell like that. There's cemetery, a lot of roads there. There's, there's a lot. And there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of houses there. And yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot that it's rumble, been there rumble, my rumble, entire rumble, life. Rumble. Like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, used to right, kick over right right off the or tombstones there. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, well I mean, you don't want to be admitting but, that now. Do not you? that, but I have spent some time in that graveyard. Mm, um, they're peaceful sometimes. They absolutely are. Yeah. They're, 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 they can be, they can be, and they can also be very spooky um yeah but it just makes me wonder like man what is that little section of sackville like what's like the homes that surround that place how Who are knows? They that's affected? a very that's interesting super, thing and like these are wild. all these are all things that i would never, never. think about like yeah. oh what is the coffin made of that gets put in the ground because you're you're actually thinking about the body that's in it yeah, you know, you're, right. you're so concentrated on the contents yeah. of the box. Right. Don't think about the box, or, yeah, yeah. or what it's made of, or what the harm yeah. is of putting that in the ground, or what's the harm of what's in the body in the ground. Like Ooh. I've never ever thought of that. Well, and who does? Yeah, right. And right. It's a fascinating like thing to think about because you get so overwhelmed with the fact that someone's died that you, you don't get think removed. Of, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like what you were saying, it's hard to make those. It's hard to think with this like rational, good decision-making brain when, yes. you're, when you're dealing with that. And in my books, Planning for a Good Death, uh, there's a lot of information that is helpful for people to make those kinds of decisions <laughs> and to kind of understand. You know, it's not saying, oh, you you know, you have to care about the environment. No, it's not about that, but it's about thinking about it and, mm-hmm. you know, right, mm. because some people think that uh, cremation is green. Well, it takes a lot of gas, natural gas, gas of some kind to be able to burn a body. Mm-hmm. And uh, mercury fillings in the teeth are the biggest emitter of toxins oh. into the atmosphere. And, Would that be um, a fading thing with, uh, with like, as as the generations go on and people die? Like, is mer- do they still use mercury in fillings? 
actually, I had to go see a dentist uh, last year and I was offered uh, mercury filling. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, I was shocked, actually. God, I don't know crazy. if that's a Nova Scotia thing or what. In Alberta, has always been, you know, the plastic stuff. But wow, that seems crazy. Uh, yeah, I thought so. I I I, I was shocked. Um, but in any case, you know, the baby boomers are the uh, in big numbers, mm. right? And right now, the death rate in Nova Scotia is twenty five people per day on average, and wow. that's not all expected really? deaths. Yeah, God, that sounds so high for Nova Scotia. Like, well, and it's we haven't even got started yet with the yeah. baby boomers, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, and I, and a lot of baby boomers do have mercury, but in any case, um, a lot of, you know, I don't think that, well, I haven't found a crematorium yet, um, in my research and it's not so extensive yet that have the scrubbers on the stacks, uh, to, you know, reduce the emissions out to Mm -hmm. atmosphere, right. Mm -hmm. That would take away from the profits. And you were talking earlier about, um, the high cost of funerals and people, you know, kind of getting ripped off. There was an expose, uh, on marketplace. I think it was last year was Mm -hmm. on CBC about Arbor Memorial, the Canadian conglomerate. Mm -hmm. Um, that's also has a presence here in Nova Scotia, uh, that, um, they did some investigative reporting and found that, um, well, they didn't. They didn't fare so well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they were. Uh, they, they got were caught in the wool over people's eyes and some and... upselling them. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. I want to come back to Brian being dead because well, I, I, I like question. talking about this. Right. Or, or, Me too. To do and, your question. And well, and and it is kind of in that vein. But um, so if if I died and Taylor and Jeremy decided that. If? Yeah, uh, when so you when, when you die tonight. I mean, if I die tonight. Oh, okay. When tonight, I die okay. eventually, <laughs> if if Taylor and Jeremy decided um, or would have would like to bury my body in the backyard, could they do it? Um, you would need to. I mean, here's the thing: like, it, it's more likely to happen out in rural Nova Scotia, and it, and it does happen in rural Nova Scotia, and as long as you plan ahead. And um, you have some land and you have gone through what you need to with the municipality in order to get the bylaws changed to be able to designate a a portion of your land into a private cemetery, then yes, it's possible. I've seen those, like driving out towards PEI, like you'll find this little plot off the side of they're all over the, Nova Scotia. Yeah. I've seen some, mm-hmm. but but the thing that that people have to think about though is resale value of the property because absolutely right? they do right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding the realtor? Yeah, yeah. and also to um, what does that mean down the road when ancestors start coming to visit the grave? And, right, and access, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, so don't I, do it. Don't for sake of resale value, <laughs> <in the> property, <laughs> absolutely don't do it. And I'm also going to now put a clause in all of my contracts that say, "Was there a body here yeah. or was buried there, here?" Was and there then a burial plot. And if there is, then and you're trying to sell your house, and I'm working with the buyers, we're gonna we're gonna bargain down that price. Brian's going to be the ghost realtor. Yeah. <laughs> the, an- the anti-ghost realtor. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know, before we even get to bearing Brian, um, you know, we decide, all right, we're going to do a home funeral. We're going to ice pack the hell out of them. Uh, keep them nice and cool on the couch. I would like that, by the way. Sure. Okay. We'll, you, we'll put you in your favorite clothes and make you look real nice. Jean jacket. Have a little party. Have some drinks. And then pour some drinks in my mouth. Pour, sure, absolutely. Okay, yeah, I mean, that. yeah. Why not? 
Well, uh, that might not work so well. All right, fine. We won't do that. Okay. Then. <laughs> uh, uh, but so we decide to have this party. The party goes well. We celebrated Brian's death. It was a good celebration. But wow, well, I'm not. What if we're? I'm not feeling ready to let go of that body. Like, how long can Brian hang out on my couch with ice packs? There's no law about that, actually. And Whoa. as long as you're not committing an indignity to the body and that you're taking good care of it. But here's the thing. If you uh, decided that you wanted to be cremated or, you know, somebody decided that you're getting cremated, then you are going to have to uh, use a funeral home for that service because only a licensed funeral director can actually perform that procedure. Mm. And they're going to want the body to be... Um, in a in a manner that's going to be workable for them. And so that's going to have to c- cause a negotiation. Now, but if you have a private cemetery in the back 40, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard of stories of people keeping bodies up to five days in Canada. But, you know, I've also seen uh, a video not long ago about uh, this uh, family. I think it was in in Indonesia or somewhere over there anyway, uh, where, you know, every special occasion they brought grandpa out. And, you know, in India, they they take them on, they put them on, uh, on like almost like movable pyres and they take them down to the river and they see you later. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's kind of sweet. I, I think, you know, with the, what is it, 7.5 billion people on the planet, I think we need to have a bigger conversation, quite frankly, about what yeah. we're going to do with all these bodies, you know, because there are some other interesting methods. Uh, <laughs> like there's uh, one, I think, um, I'm not going to pronounce it right. It's like permission or something like that. And it's uh, designed by a... I think she's Swedish, a marine biologist that uh, takes a body and freeze dries it to like minus 320 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that, shakes it to particleize it and then moves it into another chamber to uh, dehydrate it and then moves it into another chamber to remove the metals from it. And then uh, you're left with this ash. Uh, well, I'm wondering about what's the environmental footprint for, to do all those stages, mm, right? But mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing. California just recently passed a law for um, alkaline hydrolysis, and the Mayo Clinic's been doing this method for a number of years already. But anyway, they're all getting excited down there because they're going to have this new way, what they call a water cremation. I think it's not a very wise use of water myself, considering... Uh, They're like in the middle of a <laughs> like 10 year drought. Right, like, and, yeah. and how much of our water goes yeah. to water the golf courses and the yeah. run yeah. the car washes already. But anyway, uh, what it is is that it puts the body into a liquid lye solution and applies heat and pressure, I believe, um, and then um, flushes all of the tissue down the drain in a dissolved state, except for the bones, and then they can crush those up and give those back to you. Sweet. Man, I've got a good whoa. idea for one, actually. <laughs> Roxanne, and you and they say is. that it's green, um, but I've yet to see any lab documents that shows exactly what they test How, for because right. the details are, the devil's in the details. So Roxanne, right? here's a business proposal for you and I. Okay. okay. Um, we've talked about water. This is we've going to be about, brilliant. We've talked about water. We've talked about heat. Obviously. What about sandblasting? <laughs> okay, so you have a chamber really and you know. basically, because, you, well, but here's the thing, right? Like, with that pressure water washer. method, with that with the Shoot freeze dry method, with the so cremation high. method, with all of those methods, you're trying to basically 
turn the body into into nothing, into ash or dust or or whatever, right? You're trying to particleize it, I guess. Um, but wouldn't sandblasting be a, a way where you're not using any, you're not using water, you're not using heat and burning it and sending the emissions into the air? Do you know what uh, what they need to do to? Is it electricity that they use to run a sandblasting outfit or gas or? Hmm, that's a good, a, a very good question. We could uh-huh. probably, if we got like a couple wind turbines, we could probably do it with wind energy. Because none yeah. of this can can be as green as. Putting it in a in a recycled <laughs> in a sack. linen sack <laughs> right. and putting it three feet right. into the ground. Well, okay, well, what about this like, though? What about this? As long as the groundwater is protected, that's an important right, part, right? Because right? okay. uh, there's green barrel going on in North America, and um, you know, um, well, I, I kind of referred to my past life before in Alberta, and you know, you'd asked me earlier about, or somebody did about me being sick, but we're not talking about that. But I was in a car accident in 2006, and I have a spinal cord injury, so I, I could have Ooh. been a guest on your show from that. But we'll get you um, back in next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when uh, well, I was recovering from that, I. Um, I just really needed to keep myself busy um, because I was falling through the medical cracks. And um, I uh, became, uh, well, I call myself a nature advocate, uh, but I was accused of being an environmental activist. And, you know, that's a swear word, right? Yeah. In, in most people's minds. You, oh, environmental mind, activist. Are you associated with sure. Greenpeace? <laughs> no, I'm not. But um, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. But, you know, the Green Party came and did a. This is before Elizabeth May came down. Uh, Jim Harris was the leader at the time and come down. And because in the town where I lived is where oil and gas first began in Canada. And there was this old sour gas plant. Um, uh, that was leaking into the river where children were swimming and uh, the drinking water is just kind of right beside it. And anyway, so I learned a lot about groundwater uh, because one of my expert witnesses, because I I took the Alberta government uh, through the Alberta Environmental Appeals Board process three times over the drinking water um, because before I came along, they never even tested for anything related to... Wow. Uh, oil and gas industry. So anyway, I was working, one of my expert witnesses is a, a PhD in water hydrology. So a hydrogeology. So I learned a lot about groundwater mm. and that kind of thing. And so that's always on the top of my mind is, uh, you know, are we protecting the groundwater? Because um, if the regulations were so great, uh, we wouldn't be having fish changing sex or yeah. being on psychiatric drugs or dead zones in the ocean, right? Now these green burials where, you know, we're getting buried four feet deep in linen, it, does that does that pose any risks to the to groundwater or anything like that? Well, I think it all, it's going to depend on um, the quality of the soil and sure. those kinds of More conditions. Location. And, you know, I look at Nova Scotia, it's a pretty wet province. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to Brookside Cemetery. That says a lot. Uh, Brookside Cemetery in uh, Bedford. And, um, you know, and I've the one on Mumford Road has, uh, you know, a big water course that comes mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. middle of it. And, you know, mm, yeah, I don't know. It just all depends on what's going on. And I think m- m- more attention needs to be paid to that, I in think, my sure. personal opinion. I think probably one thing that we can do, that, and, and obviously I'm not trying to – obviously my 
uh, opinion is is kind of uninformed too by the nature of this conversation and, and me not and the three of us not knowing anything really. But I I think or it sounds like if you're not embalming, then you're not putting at least those chemicals into the ground or into the atmosphere. That's a really good starting point there. And then also looking at, because, you know, when we were talking about those caskets being full of glue and, and, you know, materials that don't break down. And part of also what sometimes happens in the funeral industry is that they may insist that you need to buy a cement vault to put it into um, because that makes manicuring the lawn a lot easier for them. And so, so then we're mining cement, Jeez. you know, uh, and I've seen this mountain just getting cut down out in Alberta near Canmore, you know, cement mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and transporting that and transporting the hardwoods and transporting even um, headstones, you know, from wherever. Um, it's but what about the jobs? Quite intensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is so yeah. wild to, to, to think about. I mean, I mean, we're in the context that we're having like death, like all the components of it, but like anything in the world, when you start to think about where everything comes from, how it's made on discovery. Right. Um, but, but to think in, in this, in the, these terms, the, the fact that everybody dies, yeah, it's just, it is yeah, really, really, really kind of mind blowing when you think about it. Sick boy podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey everyone, Uh, I want to just give you a heads up that we will be in Austin for South by Southwest in a couple of weeks, and holy friggin' moly, I am so excited to be a part of that festival because there's a lot of really awesome stuff happening. Dude, yeah, like we're going to be there. Well, we're going to be there, but like there's going to be some far more interesting and cooler people than us. You're right. I'm, I'm super excited to feel the burn and go see Bernie Sanders. Man, he's speaking the day before, so I'm super stoked to see him. Well, speaking of podcasting, Ira Glass is going to be giving a presentation and talk. I'm really excited for that. I'm also really excited to dance my face off to Duckworth. Uh, That's going to be really fun. Uh, But we are also going to be there, like we said, and we're going to be doing a live show, a live episode of Sick Boy at the South by Southwest podcast stage at the Fairmont Hotel on March 10th, 2018. And uh, we're really excited. Our guest is going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, Andrew, um, He's he was a professional strongman, and uh, he started this amazing uh, tech startup, or as part of this tech startup, Distiller, which is this like super cool liquor and spirits app. Dude, I love booze. Yeah, but he also has leukemia, so oh, that's like... That makes sense. Yeah, a little bit more sick boy related that's there. That's the tie-in. I yeah. get it. Yeah. I get it now. You got it. Uh, so if you want to come see us live at South by Southwest, head on over to... 
sxsw.com where you can purchase a badge to see not only us but also all of the inspiring conference sessions the music the films and all the other awesome stuff that they're going to be throwing on down there Uh, we would love to see you there and we are just absolutely elated to be a part of it see you there Question that I have been mean to ask, but we've just been kind of going around and saw this interesting talk. Yeah, we're just bouncing <laughs> um, around everywhere. I love how it. How did you come to do this? Hmm. Well, that's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> I'll start back, you know, when I was in my 20s and doing those career analysis things, right? A funeral director always showed up and I'm like, no way. I'm yeah. living forever. And in mm-hmm. fact, I yeah. thought I was living forever until I was 45 and had that car accident and changed my world. Um, but in any case, uh, before my car accident, what I was doing for a living was I was a massage therapist and an aquatic therapist. So I was uh, doing a type of uh, aquatic therapy called Watsu, which is derived from two words, water shiatsu. And so it was one-on-one cool. sessions in water, warm water. And yeah, it was very meaningful work for me. And so I facilitated healing uh, for clients. And um, anyway, when I had my car accident, my spinal cord injury, I can't go back to doing that. And so it was a very long recovery. And uh, But in the meantime, over the years too, I was uh, doing really beautiful ceremonies for my pets. That's where I kind of started. Mm-hmm. And then like about... Like your dead pets? Your pets yeah. that were dying you were doing? Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sure. So you would have bought the nice wooden box that my mom did. No. No, I never did. Uh, But I brought them home to uh, and I would bring them home and set up an altar in my on my floor and let the other animals come and say their goodbyes. And it was really beautiful to watch how they dealt with that, too, you know, um, because they were all individual and they all had their different relationship with that Mm. other being. And um, it was really interesting to witness um, and beautiful. And um, so I'd done a lot of that. And then about a year before I moved here, I um, was at the death of a friend of mine. And um, and that was the first time that I'd ever been present for death in that way. And, uh, and then ended up spontaneously doing a celebration of life ceremony for her in front of the crematorium. It's called a retort, actually. But uh, so she was being cremated and and people can have a witness cremation, which may, basically means if you're going to get create, cremated after you die tonight. <laughs> um, no, we're not wishing that on you. <laughs> no, but anyway, okay. but we, we can keep rolling with that. It yeah, could happen. Okay. It really uh, could happen. But just if, just but if not you're... to interrupt your story, but I, I'm definitely not I don't want to be cremated okay. and we'll, we'll carry on to that after, but continue right. with your story. Well, now. we'll just hypothetically say that you sure. are. Yeah. And so um, it's possible for your mom and dad over here to come and do a witness cremation, which basically means they can come in for about five or 10 minutes and push your body into the retort and then push the button to start the, Daddy the process. Will do that. Daddy will do that. For Mommy me. would do that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I don't there want it, but, uh, okay. but if if I had to. But yeah. in this case, for my friend, uh, we took an hour to do our witness cremation uh, ceremony because it was the only thing that uh, was going to happen. It was a very intimate, uh, small group. And even the funeral director got involved. Uh, we were singing and dancing. And, uh, you know, she had a cardboard uh, box and we drew on it and, you know, sent beautiful messages with her. And, and I picked out, she, I didn't realize this, you know, you 
always learn things about people after they're they're gone, right? Um, I found out that she really loved opera, and so I found this beautiful aria to send her off Ooh. in. You know, when when we put her in. So it wasn't even on the radar yet for me that I would be doing this. And um, so in 2011, this is before my friend died, but in 2011, my mom here in the Valley died. And I started to travel back to Nova Scotia to try and uh, deal with her estate because she died with an, an intestacy. 56% of Canadians don't have a will. And I can tell you from experience that um, it can be very costly and expensive and a lot of time uh, going into that whole process if you don't have a will. So you could get a simple will for, you know, 250 or 300 bucks, whatever, whatever lawyer you get to. If she had done that, um, I wouldn't have had to go from 2011 until March of last year before I could get this whole matter into the Supreme Court of Nova Scotia. And uh, with all the expenses, including four lawyers, um, oh, wow. to get this done, the bill's already over $16,000 <laughs> and we're not done yet. Whoa. Is, is it possible to, to do a will? Just sorry, on, on the topic of wills, is it possible to write your own quote-unquote will on, on a piece of paper? Yeah, you're referring to a holographic will, and I strongly suggest that if you were going to do that, that you uh, look into it carefully to understand what the real rules are around that. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not specializing in wills, okay. but there is the holographic kind, and then there is the kinds that the, the uh, lawyers draw up. But to answer your question about how I got into this, so when I arrived here, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, uh, in terms of meaningful work for myself. And so I sat down with a career counselor in Bridgewater because I was camping out, um, out, uh, out of town there uh, just to do some profiling and stuff. You know, I'm in my 50s now and like, what am I going to do? And um, funeral director popped up again, just like it did in the, when I was 20, right? <laughs> And uh, so I uh, thought, hmm, well, that's interesting. And um, it kind of made sense to me now. Ooh. And uh, I thought about becoming a funeral director. And then when I looked more into it, uh, like there's two tickets you have to get to be a good asset to a, a funeral business, uh, an embalming license and a funeral director's license. And I can't lift uh, because of my spinal cord injury. And I don't want to be around carcinogenic drugs or um, carcinogenic compounds, to be honest. Uh, and so I thought about becoming a funeral director. But um, in order to, like, you have to apprentice, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they prefer you to have both. And the apprentices are usually the ones that will do the grunt work. And I can't. Um, so... That kind of quashed that idea. And I had to go back to Alberta. This is back in 2015, I think it was. I had to go back to Alberta because I was waiting on uh, the environment minister to report back on this environmental stuff that I was doing out there. And uh, just to finish up some stuff. And she was late getting back because, of course, the government changed that year and they, you know, had to come up to speed. And... Uh, I ended up uh, being in Calgary for a home funeral workshop and was like, oh, wow, this is just 
really different. And this makes more sense to me from a place of being somebody who used to facilitate healing. Mm. So I see the intimacy of death as an opportunity for great healing, because that's part of why we go into the limbic system. It's it's a healing response to death Mm. when we go into that place. Mm -hmm. And has this whole process reshaped the way that you look at your own mortality? Yes, because I thought I wanted to be cremated too. And uh, because there's just something, I don't know, sexy for me around uh, going out by fire, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, but on the other hand, um, I've had to rethink this and um, I'm probably now more leaning towards green burial. I haven't totally made up my mind, but it, 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 because of the groundwater issue, like if I know that you know, that they've really taken care of that and maybe raised the bar on what the regulations are around groundwater protection, then, mm. you know, that looks pretty attractive to me. So you said that you just said there that you, you don't, you haven't really made up your mind yet. Do you have a will currently? Yes, I have things in place and, and I have made my wishes known X, if Y, you know, it's kind of like plan Ooh. B, plan A. It's kind of like with you, know, if you're going to donate your body to Dalhousie, you mm. need to have a plan B. I've talked, I've sat down and talked to many people who have um, said that they want to give their body to Dalhousie either because they like the idea about donating it to science and somebody discovering something or, you know, being able to use their body in that way, or because it's just cheap, you know, they don't mm. have to pay for something. And, um, but Dalhousie may not have any space for you at the time you right. die. What do they do right. with, like, what does Dalhousie do with the, the cadavers when they're done? Well, uh, oh, they say on their wow. website, I just did a blog about this, actually. They, they sell them. They say... <laughs> the yeah. black market. To China. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a black market in the United States I was reading about. But anyway, um, no, they uh, they cremate the the whatever's left and uh, give the family the option to um, pick up the ashes or have them mailed to them or uh, they go into, a, I think it may be a common um, area in uh, one of the one of the um, so cemeteries. Cool. God, that's yeah. Fascinating. Um, do, saying you had a, a, it sounded like you had quite a few pets that had, that had passed away over your time. Um, did you ever have any of your pets uh, taxidermied? No. Okay. Is there any sort of taxidermy options for humans? Or is that a completely like, out of the that takes me back to Planet of the Apes when oh, I was yeah. a kid. <laughs> this is that was freaky. because yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, I was, you know, I I've always joked with my wife. I mean, there should be technically if you can well, do if it you can do it with your dog. You know, I've said to my wife, I was like, when Bigby dies, I want to I want to taxidermy him and put him right at the right at the base of the door and and free people out when they come or, or taxidermy <laughs> me and put me there for how every Halloween just take me out of the closet, put me right in front of the door when the kids come and I'll hold the bowl for the. <laughs> Children in the neighborhood. Well, um, you might want to look into the laws around that because I'm not sure if that would be considered committing an indignity an to indign- a body or right. not. Right, and that's right? actually what I was curious to know. Is yeah. like, does that count as an yeah, indignity? I, I like, don't if know. you would that done, yeah, would Jeremy be able to put something in writing that says, "I allow Bridie McLean to put the candy bowl in my <laughs> yeah. hand, and dress me up <laughs> in crazy costumes." Will. Yeah, it's in your will that you're <laughs> yeah. like, that you're like allowing her to do that. Because I've never heard of it. I've never heard. Well, that uh, that's... Sorry, what are you putting in your will? 
uh, or maybe a, whatever it would be. Your you don't want your directive. body. You don't want your body disposition uh, uh, details in your will because that's the worst place to have it. Oh, why? Why is that? Well, oh, I know why. Okay, oh. because because <laughs> it takes too now. long to access the will, and by the time the oh. will is accessed. It's it's already you been done. You get the gold right? star. How did yes. you know that? How did you? How were you aware of that? Oh, man, I, I don't know exactly. I just heard exactly. it. Yeah, I heard HQ. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Shit. What time is it? Um, <laughs> um, but that that actually like for I, I, as as dumb and silly as that question is, you, that's not something that you've ever heard of or like a practice that is even remotely possible. This like that sort of keeping the body indefinitely well i mean didn't we just see some pope or saint's arm come through halifax just oh, recently yeah. that's right yeah was it in halifax i was traveling that was a, when that i happened. believe it was we do we were in calgary when it was coming through i think really oh oh yeah right. the arm, it's the in the arm. box it's like it was in like a little it's like a 400 right. year old right. arm it was in like a yeah, little yeah. um see-through that's crazy like Box, but, but I it, guess that's similar box. to like you know the Body Worlds exhibit, yeah, for for right. example, right? which is here now too, which yeah. is here, and we, we we just recently saw it. And when I was walking ah. through that, looking at that, I'm going, look at this, look at this that's human being, fascinating, who is about like in in the stance of throwing a javelin. Mm-hmm. Why can't why can't we set me up like that in my living room with your skin on, with my skin on? Yeah, yeah, not flayed <laughs> to show what's yeah. inside, but like just me. You know, <laughs> well, some of the considerations are going to be about uh, how to preserve your skin so that right. uh, it stays intact, right? right? Because over time, if it's not handled properly, then you know it it's just going to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, so, that's, that's what I'm guessing. Just when you say slops off, it just sounds so. so I, I was saying that I don't want to be cremated. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and I'm curious as to what you know about being cryogenically frozen. Yeah. Bri has this idea. Okay. So I have this idea that, that, um, when you die, all of a sudden you open your eyes and you're 1500 or, you know, 10,000 years in the future and you're hurtling through space on a spaceship because the human race has set out to colonize other planets. Uh huh. And they're like, well, you know, we don't have enough people. Sounds like a Star Trek episode. Well, kind of, yeah. yeah. And, and and they think, well, we don't have enough people alive currently to colonize the planet. So, I, like, yeah, in the future, you know, in the future, we've obviously developed this intergalactic space travel. So, obviously, we have obviously. the technology to, you know, take bodies and bring them back from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so, the next thing you realize when you're being turned back on is that you're hurtling through space. Mm-hmm. Now, I I've thought that okay, maybe this is possible to do from your body if it's buried in the ground, but it's much more likely that you would be able to do this if you were cryogenically frozen. Right. So what is, do you know anything about being cryogenically frozen? Um, probably uh, about as much as you do. I think I don't think it's a thing yet. I, I mean, oh, I it is. Least, isn't Walt Disney cryogenically frozen? Yeah, no, I think there are some people that are. There are some legit people that have done yeah, it. Yeah, okay. and you need okay. a lot of money. And yeah, it, right. it, okay, so first of all, uh, I thought that it was, I thought that it was a science fiction thing, but is it, if, it's if, a thing that's be, I know being worked on and I guess I, I, I did hear something about Walt Disney, but and is it, I think it's just his head. Oh, Is it dude. not just oh, his head? like uh, like on Futurama? Not even kidding. Like, um, I heard something. About so that. so, but with cryogenic freezing, does that mean that you look the same age? Like it's keeping you 
It's keeping you from Fuck, dude. I have, and I what about no frostbite? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know yeah. enough about it. But it I bet it has a big environmental footprint. I bet Probably. it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. bet it does. A Do you guys want to play a game? I, you got some cards. I brought some cards. I'm, yeah, I'm super, yeah, yeah. Super yeah. Super Here, pick a card, okay. Jeremy. Any card, Let's Jeremy. Do Any card. This one right here. Okay. Also, I just looked. Uh, contrary to popular belief, Walt Disney was not cryogenically frozen. Ah. He was cremated two days after he died. Okay. And he definitely ain't coming back. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. Okay. All right. So we just uh, we so just picked some cards from you. You you found out some cards, and we and the are these yours? Are, are these your cards, or what mm, are these? No, the the cards are called Mortals. Okay. And uh, I bought them, and um, I think they're cool. So, but I play my own game with them. Uh, uh, so I'm, I go. I don't know about you guys, but I have a qu- basically a question. It's like a yeah, same when you die kind of question. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sweet, Brian, you go first. Okay. So I just want to say this would be a really cool game to like play with a, a group of friends when you're sitting around. And you get together to hang out. Because it's exactly what we're trying to do yeah. with this podcast is like have these conversations that are, you know, tough topics that are u- usually stigmatized. Cards Against Humanity gets, about, right? gets old real quick. It does. Yeah, it this, really does. This wouldn't. And, and these and based on the question that I have in front of me, which I, I'm about to read it like it, it, it seems like it would be one of those questions that we talk about where you're, you're skipping the small talk. You're getting into these Ooh, like really yeah. deep and interesting philosophical questions, but it's also really cool to bounce some of these ideas off off other people, right? And you're daring to do death differently. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that saying. So my question, without further ado, is would you want an open or closed casket at your funeral and why? So I would want an open uh, casket at my funeral because I now that we're having this conversation, I would like to have that kind of that Irish wake, I guess, if you will, where um, you're present in in the house and uh, your casket's open and everybody can kind of like come in and say their goodbyes or see you one last time uh, type of thing. But I also, I don't, I don't want to be embalmed now, so I'd want to be packed with uh, ice. And I guess the answer to that why was because I want people to be able to Pour drinks More down my loss, I guess, and pour drinks yeah. down my Well, down I don't throat. know about the pouring the drinks part. So but, right, you right, know, right, you said that you that. can't do that, but why can't? Well, because you, do that? you know, you where's is? Yeah, you can't dead. swallow. That's an indignity for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I would say, enough, yeah, for sure, that's an the, indignity. The, it would cross the line. Yeah. But you know, in um, before colonization, the. First Nations people globally uh, would allow for four days uh, for the spirit to leave the body. And um, when when you think about um, their culture, they often recognize the four directions, you know, with the medicine wheel. And so that's the physical, emotional, spiritual and mental bodies. Right. And so they allowed for that time for the spirit to unwind without being like ignorant or or, or being culturally cultu- culturally appropriating um, the indigenous ceremonies. Like I think it would be I because I identify with that spiritual element, um, I would kind of like a like a cleansing ceremony of some sort, and it doesn't have to be an indigenous ceremony, but no. something like that would be really, I think, really cool. 
but being able to have a wake, it allows you that time uh, for mm. the four days, if you want, uh, for your own purposes, in case there is something to that. And mm. uh, as far as a cleansing ceremony, too, I mean, there's a there's something called the I think it's the One Washcloth Project, which I think some nurses, if I have remembered this correctly, have um, created where they give a washcloth to the family to be able to wash the body because it's kind of like that one last final loving act to be able to be present with the body. Ooh. You know, this is somebody you used to hug or kiss or make mm-hmm. love to. And um, and uh, it's a very intimate experience to and beautiful gesture to be able to engage in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so home funerals, uh, they do focus on that as well. If you, if I had in my directive that um, at a home funeral with an open casket, people could come in and tattoo their, like our friend Andrew Henderson had a really beautiful end of life ceremony. And, and before he passed away, he had people come and tattoo their secrets on his his body or a symbol that hmm. represented one of their secrets. So he took them to the grave, mm. which I think is amazing. Cool. But if yeah. somebody wanted to come and like tattoo messages on me after I'd already passed, would that be Indignity. considered an indignation or would that be okay? I, I if mean, it's I, would, in my yeah, I would guess technically someone's going to go, oh yeah, no, which is, but it's interesting because if it's in your directive and you want that to be done to yeah. you, but it also that, has to be within the law. I know. Right. Because like yeah. if you wanted somebody to come and have sex with your body uh, yeah. like that, obviously that wouldn't someone's, be allowed. Right. But I would but, say a hundred percent not allowed, <laughs> but like you don't I think, think tattooing right. would be, yeah, I feel like it well, would also just constitute as like an indignity. I mean that, that, that I, me. I feel like, Anything aside from propping you up into a very like pro- proper position is basically. What about just like draw a mustache on my face with permanent marker? <laughs> That's I, a good prank. And just and just kind of like pretend like you're just really drunk and passed out. <laughs> that would be pretty draw, funny. They, we, yeah, just things, weekend at Bernie's. You just yeah. draw things all over you. Um, all right. So my card says, "Why is it so hard to discuss death and dying with friends and family?" Well. uh... In my life, it's not because we talk about that shit like almost daily. Is it hard to bring it up to somebody who, because it might be easy for you, but do you think it's challenging for people in your life that might find it more difficult? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, even though Kyla is like really exposed to like what we do in our conversations, I feel like she might not share the same type of like humor uh, the uh, humoristic, I know that's definitely not the word, uh, approach that I kind of have around that, that conversation and that, that I, that idea. Um, but, uh, no, I don't really find that there's too many barriers. Like she might just go, Oh, like, don't talk like that. Or I'm like, Oh, okay. Why do you, and why, (laughs) so why do you, why do you think the general public like have that? She'd be sad about me dying. Yeah. And that would be, I mean, fair it's enough. It's like, I don't want to talk about that because it makes well, me sad. Well, she doesn't want to talk about that because we're both like, you know, I'm, you know, we're both like young and she doesn't want to think about us dying. I mean, but, but again, which is crazy because we will and, 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 and you never know when and you don't know exactly. how. And, yeah. Um, so like, you know, it, it, it is a tough conversation to have, especially, I mean, like it's easier with friends, maybe harder with, maybe harder with like someone like your mom or your dad or your, mm-hmm. or your, your, your partner. Or- mm-hmm. I think that's a challenge. And for me thinking about like writing a will, it, it's like, man, I'm young. I'm, I'm healthy as of right now. I don't want to spend 
250 or 300 dollars to write a <laughs> yeah. will like right. i already struggle paying my bills yeah. on a monthly basis i don't want to well you, know. you could spend 20 bucks on my book which is on sale yeah. right now until the end of the march planning yeah. for a good death and it'll prepare you for the conversation with a lawyer it'll prepare you or anybody with a for a, a conversation with an accountant or a, or an estate planner but it'll also prepare you to be able to have those conversations with your loved ones and your family as well and in Ooh. fact if you took the lead and said okay I'm going to buy this and I'm going to do my work then you go back and talk to your family about it that would probably really impress them and maybe encourage them to do their own right because there's 16 modules in the book including a budget section uh, for Ooh. how you're going to pay for um, you know leading up to death if you're incapacitated in some way and, and helping you define what's quality of life versus quantity of life and why you might choose one over the other and then uh budgeting for the uh body disposition and the celebration of life or funeral or memorial service or whatever that is we should encourage uh uh like death parties where you have like a party like a night uh, like a potluck or something where you get together with your family or your close friends and you talk about like what you want to do for there's a name for that write it down and like get together and make sure that it's it's on paper and whether it's a will or or, right. or directive or whatever it is. Um, what is the correct term for the, well, is it advanced in, directive? Is that the thing that you oh, want? Oh, well, there is the advanced directive. Yeah, the personal directive. That's and, like the first thing that people look at when you die. Like, here's what we need to do. No, that's when leading up to death. Okay. Let's right? say you can't make your own decisions as well. Like that would be in your advanced directive. Okay. Right. I mean, and you've appointed somebody who's going to make the decisions for yeah. you and uh, who may have access to your finances to be able to uh, do whatever might be needed, you know, putting a ramp in your house if you want to be at home or or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. um and um the way that i've approached it with this is i've gone a little bit deeper into like i said you know getting in touch with quality of life versus quantity of life but also you know what kinds of things uh do you need that would make it so that you are having a quality of life experience you know, maybe you used to go hiking to waterfall all the time and you had this favorite place and now you can't go there anymore. So what will do that for you? Would having a water, yeah. Would having a water fountain near your bed do that for you? Um, you know, just, just really being self-reflective and figuring Mm -hmm. out, um, why you might want to be here. Because now we know that MAID is uh, on the scene, you know, medical assistance and death. Um, they're still ironing out the rules and laws around that, but people are choosing that. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're choosing that because they've reflected on quality of life versus mm-hmm. quantity of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, my card says, uh, if you could choose, where would you like to be buried or have your ashes placed? And I was thinking about this quite a bit. Um, I would legit, after seeing Elon Musk launch a Mm -hmm. Tesla into space, Mm -hmm. I would just like to be on the next payload that has to go up to the ISS. And instead of dropping me off there, they just kind of pop me out the side and just let me hit some like gravitational force of some planetary body and become space junk just become space junk and, and get and get burned <laughs> and hurtle to and, earth and, and, and get, <laughs> well I'll just get burned up in some atmosphere do you know yeah. how dangerous 
space junk is. Yeah, it's you know, very George, dangerous. You know, George Clooney died. Yeah, I did. Of space I did junk? see that. I did see that. But no, no, outside of Earth's uh, gravitational pull. You do know, <laughs> don't you, that uh, some people do send some of their cremated remains already into space? That they oh, do really? Have that. Oh, oh, shit. That? Elys- the, Elysium is one of the, the companies. First. No, it's already been. Well, well, it's already are you happened. talking about the movie? Are you talking about the movie? No, no, it's a company. No, the, it's a company that that does that, not the for real. Yeah, that's that cool. Matt Damon movie? But I want to be the first body. Okay, I want to be the first full attached number one body so that didn't blow expensive. up out there. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's not very <laughs> that's right. expensive. You would blow How up. do you know? Because they announced today. Remember, Chris that before said? before Elon Musk um, did what he did the other day before the Heavy Falcon, mm-hmm. it cost um, space agencies. Somewhere close to it was like fourteen thousand something dollars per kilogram to send a payload up to space. Okay, so you had a say you have like a three hundred wow. kilogram payload you got to throw up there three hundred times fourteen thousand. Wow! Today with the with the with the reusable rockets that how he's you, using, how much do you weigh, Jared? Four hundred and like twenty seven dollars per kilogram. You're like uh, you're cheaper. like sixty kilograms. So I'm like, and when yeah. you're dead, you might yeah, be less. I'd be less. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I'll be I'll be withered away. Like, I'll but be, okay. Know. You so want the old you model? It costs eight hundred and forty thousand dollars for you to be sent into space as a as a body. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather bad. just have your ashes turned into a diamond? No, because just, they can do that too. Uh, you that's know, cool. What? That is cool. That and is be, cool. And to be on someone's tooth, like when like they just right. Yeah, diamond tooth. There you go. Wear that. That'd be that's actually sweet. They can do that. Turn you is into diamonds. Yeah, take, take your ash. And just uh, I don't it? know what it costs, but yeah, the, it's, it's probably like twenty bucks, thirty bucks. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, how many diamonds more do, you than think, that? do you think you can do uh, a few diamonds out of it? Those so, like all of your friends can have like a pendant. <laughs> Dude, that would actually be sweet. Uh, yeah, well, tur- tur- I haven't heard watch. of that, but you know, imagine yeah. fucking losing your dead friend diamond. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah like losing ring. a wedding band would suck, but like imagine you lost. I lost like, Brian oh, today. No, Jeremy, you got to wash down the sink. I was washing. Would you would you rather off. be in somebody's closet in a box? Well, I, or would no, you rather would be in the ground in a box? Or like, <laughs> you know, well, you know? if I was being food for other things, that'd be nice. Yeah, true. I'm cool with that too. Um, so, Roxanne, if people want to get your your book, Planning for a Good Death, uh, there's 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 the user's guide and the workbook, um, and they can head over to RoxanneWalsh.ca/slash book. Correct. And so it's a it's an ebook. You can download it, purchase there, and download it. Exactly. Cool. And, Sweet. You don't even have to leave your house. Um, yeah, it's it's two two books really, um, and uh, it's a really good exercise to go through and uh, get clear because it covers everything except wills actually, and uh, like your bucket list it goes into your personal history, final wishes, heart matters, and you know it's a really beautiful section actually. That's in chapter not eight. Uh, where you can write heart letters uh, to people and and how you appreciate them and how they've brought value to your life and respect. You know, and reciprocated that. That's awesome. I yeah, or rocket letters. <laughs> if you're really pissed off because somebody, you know, uh, did something to your 
you know, G.I. Joe or something a long time ago and you didn't get over it, you know, you could write about that and then get in touch with what the real wisdom is or what the real hurt was underneath that really mm-hmm. should be communicated. And do you send those letters or you just write them for yourself? No, you write send them for them yourself. Your worst enemies. Yeah, you write yeah. them for yourself and then hopefully uh, share the wisdom that you glean through Reminds the exercise. Reminds me of this episode of Grey's Anatomy where uh, uh, Dr. Grey was in a room with a guy who is, who is uh, palliative. And is that McDreamy? Was, or? No, Dr. Grey's the, the woman. Oh, Meredith Grey. She's I great. Sorry, I don't um, know the show right uh, now. So, and you know, I haven't watched many episodes, but it does remind me of the specific moment where she's in this room with this guy and he's like, yeah, I just want to send these videos off to, uh, you know, to some people before I pass. And will you help me film the videos? Can you just hold the camera? And she holds the camera and he just starts going, fuck you, you piece of oh, shit. You're like, you're the worst guy. I know, and, my, and I'll never, like, I'll never forgive you for the shit you brought to my life. And she's like, oh my God. And and she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he's like, no, no, no. I really need you to do this for me. And then he just like switches again and goes crazy. It's really mm. that, This is what Grey's Anatomy is about? I'm going to watch Grey's Anatomy now. Yeah, this sounds crazy. After that's that, one, that's after one that description, I'm Stark. pretty compelled. Definitely yeah. do it. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Roxanne, thank you so much for, for coming in and chatting with us today. This was... Uh, I was really looking forward to this, especially when we read your application. It was. It's one of those things that... The theme of death comes up time and time and time and time and time again on this show. Um, but to really dive into it fully, and especially the planning aspect of it, mm-hmm. I think is really important because I, I, I don't want to speak for our generation, but I don't think that I, we're alone in the fact that we have no sweet clue how it works. Or what you're entitled to, Nova Scotia, what you're allowed to do. Yeah, yeah. So this was very enlightening. I know what I'm doing after this. I'm looking straight into the taxidermy options for uh, for humans (laughs) because I'm I'm curious now. Uh, Thanks again, Roxanne, Mm. and thank Thank you you. all so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another interesting episode, as usual. In the meantime, head on over to iTunes, uh, leave a rating, a review. Those things actually help a lot. Uh, Keep us on the iTunes charts. Do they? And uh, they do. And of course. Hit the right. subscribe button because that mm-hmm. helps as well. And <laughs> that was so funny to me for some reason. <laughs> you can get over to patreon.com slash sickboy and help us out. Your contribution goes a long way towards man, shitload of stuff. Yeah. Uh, us traveling around, reaching new people, telling new stories. This Toronto and, trip uh, that we are probably currently on when this comes out, the Austin trip that we're going on, South by Southwest, all that stuff. And yeah. we're uh, and we're doing live streams of, of of our live shows now, at least the ones in Halifax. So And if you're a patron, you... Get it for free. Bingo. Get it for free. So there you go. So if you're out there and you are not in Halifax or you're in Halifax and you just can't get a ticket to our live show because... Pff, Almost no one can because they sell out so fast. Uh, then you can get a uh, you can get a, a, a free online ticket. You can stream the show from the yep. comfort of your own home. Uh, and big thank you to Donovan the Mustang Morgan for uh, for his great work on the sound design on this podcast. Uh, that wasn't Jeremy making that sound effects, and that wasn't Taylor. That was Donovan's beautiful sound effects. He does a really good job. Uh, and it sounds really real. Um, and also a huge thank you to Take Part for the theme music. Take part in this.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more of their amazing music. And that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Work.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.